You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Hey there, welcome in, and we are ready for what should be a fantastic weekend of fights as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And I'm happy to say that not only am I hanging out here, but I've got my man Dan Rayfield back with us. Uh, my content partner now on BigFightWeekend.com is OL on location, as I like to say, in Las Vegas, ready for the Oscar Valdez Shakur Stevenson Unified Junior Lightweight World Title fight coming Saturday night from the MGM Grand Garden Arena. He's there. Good to have you as we ramp up for that. We got a huge ladies fight in New York on the other side of the continent. You're on the opposite side of the continent, though, in Vegas. Dan, how are things as we get the weekend underway and get ready for Saturday night? Things are great. I'm super excited for both fights. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the, to watching the women do their thing. And I'm very super excited to watch uh, Valdez and Shakur uh, duke it out for supremacy in the 130-pound weight class. Uh, I was happy that my friends at the Ring Magazine this week announced that they would uh, have this, you know, it's already to unify the WBC uh, title that Valdez has and the WBO title that is owned by Shakur Stevenson. But on top of that, they're making the uh, the vacant ring magazine title available, which makes sense because of the two best and two top rated fighters in that weight class, both undefeated. Uh, there's no one else in the weight class presently that you, you know could even really be in that conversation, it seems to me. And so it makes sense to fill that vacancy and that the winner of this fight not only will have the two alphabet titles uh, still be undefeated, but will be regarded uh, by the ring and I think by fans and media around the world as uh, the legit champion of the weight class. I mean, there's still other title holders, uh, but they'll be a step above them. And it's just a, just another uh, good uh, part of what is a fantastic matchup and uh, a fight I'm super excited for. I mean, these guys have both been uh, really outstanding champions and uh, they've won titles in two weight classes. They're both Olympians. They're both undefeated. They both have contrasting styles. They're both, uh, you know, from my perspective, good guys to deal with. Uh, I've known both of them their entire careers. I knew I've met Shakur for when he was still an amateur. Um, so it's like, uh, it's a, it's a fight. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to make a fight prediction a little bit later on with Dan there. Uh, want to tell you again, however you found the big fight weekend podcast, where you did it through a social media link, whether you found us through the big fight weekend.com website, make sure you follow or subscribe on all the podcast outlets. We're usually out with the preview podcast. The big fight weekend preview is out on Friday about midday stays good, stays evergreen as a preview shelf life all the way until the fights on Saturday night. Don't forget on this same podcast feed, the fight freaks unite podcast is here as well. Usually the recap podcast after the fights, uh, comes your way and any other content that Dan is providing through fight freaks unite and his podcast. You'll find it right here on this feed. If you are following and subscribing, I want to tell you also that Dan has scored an interview with Oscar Valdez. You'll hear from him momentarily. Hang in here. That's coming straight ahead as Valdez 
uh, has a lot to prove, obviously, in this fight with Shakur Stevenson on Saturday night. Dan, just real quick, you're there right now and intending to be there for the duration. My God, there's so much going on. The NFL draft is ongoing in Las Vegas. The fights that are going on, there's never a dull moment in Vegas. Just give the audience an idea. You're back in the midst of all of that. What was it like arriving Thursday, Thursday into Friday, a fight weekend? What's it like for you to be back in a, in a month? You know, it's funny because I am going to be here for 10 days. I mean, I've done some back-to-back trips through my career doing this um, where I've gone and there's covering fights on one Saturday and staying for a fight the following Saturday or traveling from, you know, a West Coast city to another West Coast city back-to-back. Uh, because it just it eases up on the travel and, uh, you know, extra plane tickets. And it just makes a lot of sense to do that. So but this is the first time where I'm doing back to back fights where I'm staying at the MGM for 10 days straight. I've done it another and moved from one Vegas hotel to the other. I've done fights in places like, you know, I did an Andre Ward fight one time in Oakland and then came to Las Vegas to do uh, uh, Sergio Martinez against Tulio Cesar Chavez. I've done like a Superfly card in L.A. and then come to Vegas for the first Golovkin Canelo fight, but 10 days at the MGM, the place where I've covered more fights than any place uh, I've ever covered fights. So it's, it's interesting. But when I landed on a Thursday morning in Las Vegas, and you know, I normally don't check a bag because I can pack if only coming like on a Wednesday or Thursday, I can get four or five days worth of stuff in my normal uh, roller bag, but 10 days, I got to have a, 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 you know, a bigger bag. So anyway, check the bag, go to baggage claim. First of all, all the, all the baggage claim places, all, kind of job uh, advertising you know welcome to vegas for draft uh, nfl draft 2022 and everywhere you can i think i was the only guy in the entire baggage claim that wasn't wearing some kind of football jersey or football hat <laughs> so it was just loaded with nfl fans and then uh, i don't know if this is not related to the draft but at the press conference today between uh, valdez and stevenson uh they did a coin flip to determine because they're both undefeated champions who's going to have uh, their, you know, their ring walk first and second, who's going to be introduced uh, first and second in the ring. So they could uh, deal with that. So they had uh, Denzel Perryman, the linebacker from the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, flip wow. the coin to determine uh, who was. And, and as it turned out, Shakur uh, on tails, he uh, won the coin toss. So he will, he will walk to the ring second, but be introduced first. And, and opposite will be Oscar Valdez will rock to the ring first, but he'll be introduced second. So that was the uh, part of the deal that they made because, again, there was an even situation where they're either one is a, that big of a draw compared to the other. They're both undefeated. They both have titles. So that was the fair way to do it. And the big linebacker made the, made the coin flip. It is crazy uh, what's going out there with the NFL. They had over 100,000 people over. over. I think I can hear them from my room here at the MGM. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty the wild. Draft right, right down the strip from where Dan is. So that's been crazy going on. We got the fights uh, going on. A lot to cover. Again, Dan's going to make some fight picks. Why don't we do this? This is, again, why we have this man as part of what we're doing on Big Fight Weekend. He spoke leading into the weekend with Oscar Valdez. Without further delay, let's get into that conversation right now in advance of the fight. Oscar, you're just a couple of days away from the fight with Shakur. I'm, I heard you saying at the press conference about how, you know, you, that he says that your style is going to be to just go and brawl him like you've done so many times. What are you going? What do you think that first minute of the fight is going to look like? Are you going to be already chasing him down, or is he going to try to box you? What's your thought when you think about that opening round? My thought is from the round first, the first round, he's going to try to just box, move, use his legs, use his distance. 
but we never know. Something that me and Eddie and also have been talking about. We know we don't know what he's gonna try to bring to the table. So we have Plan A, Plan B. We're ready for whatever he tries to bring to the table. He wants to if he wants to run around, we're gonna have to chase him, chase him with intelligence. If he wants to bang, well, we have to also be intelligent. We'll keep our hands up, using our using our waist and our head movement to get in there and dig to the body and let the head fall by itself. Do you feel like your best way to win though is to? actually go in after him and chase him down and get physical rough him up like he's never been done he's a you're an excellent boxer but i think most people think him as maybe a little more overall skills but not the kind of uh, aggressive fighter that you are yes i think one of our main keys will definitely be to put up a smart pressure in there with Shakur he said it before and i seriously doubt he's gonna take risks inside the ring so if he doesn't risk i'm gonna have to do i'm gonna have to do most of it because one of my things is to give the fans what they want, a good fight. But for this fight, it might not be that, that entertaining fight where we're used to seeing in my, in my case. It might be more as a chess game. We have to be a smart fighter. You know, I just got to pressure smart. Or if you'd like to stay in there, you know, just be a smart fighter, counter punch. Now, a lot has been made that you were boxing in the main event against Miguel Moriaga in a, in a featherweight title fight. And he was making his professional debut on your undercard. At what point in your mind, I know you, you're aware that he was on the card, he was a silver medal winner from the Olympics, but at what point did it come into your mind that, you know what, that kid who I'm more experienced as a professional and he's just starting out and I'm already a world champion, that he may be my rival a couple years, few years down the road? I started seeing it later on in his career. I believe two two years later I started seeing it. You know, it's possible that he might be my rival in the next future. But um, it, it, it didn't, you know, it didn't get to me till later on in the years where I started seeing him, seeing him grow, seeing him win fights. But at the time, not a lot of people knew who he was. If he was, if he was just a, a casual boxing fan, now a lot of people know who Shakur Stevenson is. So this is the fight where it has to happen at this moment. How annoyed has it made you for him to constantly say that you're ducking him, especially if you've signed for the fight? It's not like you, you didn't sign. You're actually going to get in the ring on Saturday. But he has said it numerous times that he thought you were looking for a way to avoid this fight, Navarrete, whoever. It was very annoying after after, after some time. But um, it got it got to a point where I was walking back in the Museo and then an old man walked up to me and tells me, when are you going to fight Shakur Stevenson? When, when was that? It was... It was it was probably my, it was after my fight with Brichette. So it hit, that's when it immediately hit me and said, wow, Shakirson's name's out there. I want that fight. And then after the Costa South fight, we started talking some more. And I, I called my manager, Frank Espinosa, and I told him, let's make this fight happen immediately. We don't, we never wanted, we want Shakirson. You say you never wanted Navarrete? No, we said we, we, we want to fight with Navarrete because it's a, it will be a lose Navarrete is a great fighter, but people, that will only bring, it will make people think what Shakur's been saying for a uh, long time. So we say we're only going to give motivation for people to think that we're ducking Shakur. So let's be Shakur, then we'll, we'll go on from there. So this fight is for the vacant ring magazine title. You're going to unify the WBO and WBC, the winner. Uh, the winner of this fight is going to be considered the champion at uh, junior lightweight. So I wonder, what does that mean to you? And how long do you want to stay in this weight class? It means the world to me. It means the world to me to be... Uh, the Ring Magazine, WBO, and WBC World Champion, the Unified, you know, something I dreamed of as a kid. So um, I'm truly excited for this, very, very excited. And uh, I'm truly planning on standing in this division for, for maybe, you know, for quite some time. You know, I'm, I don't have no any plans of moving up because I feel good in this division. I make weight, you know, I struggle just a little bit. You know, I do it comfortable the weight, but 
Moving up to 135 will be pretty dangerous for my career right now. Maybe in the next couple of years, I'll be able to move up. But right now, I want to clear the division. Oscar, God bless. Thank you very much, and best of luck Saturday. I appreciate that, like always. You bet. Again, I prop up Dan Rayfield back aboard here. Nice job on the interview with Oscar Valdez. Okay, so I'm just curious because we heard some of what he had to say. Uh, press conferences are, you've done this for a long time. They are what they are. What did you think about his demeanor and the challenge when you were standing there talking to him doing that interview? Just real quick. Uh, I have known Oscar Valdez for his entire career. I have covered many of his fights. I've interviewed him countless times. And he is a very cool, calm character. He, he does not get unnerved. He's poised. Uh, he's ready to fight. He looked in good shape. So did Shakur. I mean, and by the way, Shakur is similar fashion. Shakur is a little bit more uh, outgoing. He'll say a little bit more. Um, I thought both guys were very... Uh, uh, professional in the press conference. You know, it wasn't a case where when they did the face-off, I was worried they were going to be fisticuffs or anything like that, where you sometimes worry about uh, other fighters when they go face-to-face. -face. They know how to handle themselves. They didn't, like, trash talk to each other, but they certainly made their opinions known firmly. I, I sort of viewed it as, like, they had their say, they had their attitude, but they kept it professional. It was entertaining. They had a lot of interesting things to say. Um, but in terms of Oscar in particular, um, he, you know, and he addressed this uh, – in the in the in the Zoom call that he did with some of the writers that I was on a few days ago, and then also in uh, in some of his some of his uh, comments today, also he's still stung by everything that went down with his last defense. He looked so awesome against Burchelt when he won the title uh, early part of last year. Spectacular performance as an underdog, got the big knockout. A lot of people, myself included, picked it as the knockout of the year. Then he comes back in the fall and he has the fight against Robson Kosakow who was a guy that had beat him in the amateurs and went on to win the Olympic gold medal. And he looked really bad in that fight, even though he got the win. A lot of people thought Kansakow, when I thought Oscar beat it out, but the point is he didn't look very good. And it was also a case where he had the failed drug test that, uh, you know, was a, 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 a dark cloud that hung over that entire event. He got to fight anyway, basically because of a technicality, because the, um, the uh, tribal commission that oversees the location where the fight took place operates under different rules than what Nevada calls for. And they, they operate in a situation where that particular substance is allowable as long as it's not in your system 24 hours before. He had had that in his system, you know, several weeks earlier, maybe even a month earlier. So he, he, he feels like, you know, he's getting a bad rap for a lot of different reasons. And it was just a terrible performance. And so he's the underdog and he feels like he has something to prove off that. And I feel like, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to do it, but emotionally and not gonna if he if he does win you know good for him if he doesn't win it's not going to be because he wasn't ready i just wonder too because i haven't had the opportunity to really talk to you about this just real quick uh he may feel slighted etc i had very strong comments on this podcast that that title fight should have never taken place the wbc once again demonstrates as a lot of these organizations do we will just make up rules contradict what we've done before they wanted to leave the title fight intact Top rank obviously still wanted their main event to be a title fight, so they look the other way. Do you believe uh, that the criticism and, and the continued questioning is fair and is part of this and it should still taint Oscar Valdez, or do you feel it was too much? I'm just curious on your opinion. I do feel it's a little bit too much, and the reason I say that is because the – again, I, believe me, and I've been writing about drug testing for a very long time. I am the person who broke – the news and had the VADA reports when Tyson Fury had his positive drug test, etc. So, uh, you know, when Lucas Brown tested positive, I've broken many VADA stories 
of, of fighters who have tested positive. I am I am strenuously against uh, fighters doping. You know, it's a dangerous sport. They're not just hitting a baseball. You know, instead of hitting it 350 feet and it's going 450 feet, uh, I take it seriously. In the case of what happened with Oscar Valdez, um, it, it's 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 complicated because the rules of VADA do not conform with the rules of WADA and vice versa. So here's the reality. They contracted this fight in a location where the substance that he was caught with was allowable up to 24 hours before you fight, period. And that's, he was found with that substance, but it wasn't 24 hours. It was, like I said, weeks and weeks earlier. So by that uh, rule, the fight by that should have gone forward. Now, I certainly agree with you that maybe the WBC should not have sanctioned that fight because of it. They're not under any obligation to the local commission. They're not under any obligation to following those particular protocols. If there's a positive drug test, then, you know, to me that they probably should not have sanctioned it for the title. Um, it, I, you know, to me, a lot of these cases are not black and white. People like to take sides. They like to carve it up and say it's either this or it's that. You know, as a, as a journalist and a reporter and somebody that, you know, has to deal with, with uh, you know, minute details and, and, and context, you know, I understand both sides, but this is a, there is a definite gray area in this one. So I didn't love that the fight took place. Um, it did. And that's it. He's been VADA tested throughout the promotion for this fight, as has Shakur Stevenson. There's been no issues to my knowledge. And uh, I'm glad about that. And then Oscar has made the point, and, you know, he is believable when you talk to him in person. I mean, I'm not in his mind. I don't know what the real truth is, but I can just give you my impression of, of just, having many conversations with him he says i've been i've been rigorously drug tested since i'm 17 years old since he was first in the mexican olympic program and he has taken any number of of random tests as has shakur also as a united states olympian so they're they understand what the rules are this is not uh their first rodeo so you know hopefully that's behind him behind him but we don't we we forgive we don't forget um, and they're clean going into this fight, and we just had a great fight, and uh, may the best man win. Agreed. Dan, stand by. We've got much more on the way with Dan Rayfield on scene in Las Vegas. We also have Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor for the Undisputed Ladies Lightweight World Championship that we're still talking about as well. That one coming at Madison Square Garden. Saturday night thoughts on all of that, some fight predictions, and more forthcoming as we roll on. But first, let's tell you about our friends at BetUS. If you're looking to wager on the fights this weekend, Oscar Valdez, Shakur Stevenson, or Taylor Serrano, the ladies' humongous fight, the most lucrative ladies' fight ever, do it with our friends at BetUS. They have been America's favorite sports book for three decades now, and you want to take advantage of a great offer that we have. In fact, if you're just now hearing about them, learning about them, sign up. And if you're a first-time depositor, you're going to get a 125% deposit match for initial users by using our promo code BFW22 for Big Fight Weekend. So again, if you put 100 bucks in, you're going to get 125 more to gamble with with BetUS with our promo code BFW22. Again, your wagering is safe and secure. And the great thing with BetUS is when you win, you will get paid and you'll get paid quickly, safely and securely. And again, whether it's the fights this weekend, the NBA playoffs ongoing, Stanley Cup hockey about to get going, whatever it is, whether it's European soccer, if it's got odds, horse racing, etc., take advantage. But in particular for the boxing, 
for Valdez Stevenson this weekend, uh, not to mention Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor, which we're going to talk more about here in just a minute, about the odds on that fight. Canelo's fight with Bivol that's coming up. The uh, Jamel Charlo-Brian Castaño rematch for the 154-pound uh, Undisputed Championship. Wager on any of these fights. Again, do it with BetUS and use our promo code BFW22 when you initially sign up and deposit your money. You'll get a 125% match bonus up to $1,000. Put $200 in, get $250. Put $500 in, they're going to match it uh, for even more uh, than what, you, more than double the, what you put in with the match bonus. Again, BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid in our promo code BFW22. And we're also brought to you in part by Ticket Smarter. Our friends at Ticket Smarter have got tickets for the fights this weekend in Vegas or Madison Square Garden and the Canelo Alvarez fight that's right back in Vegas with Dimitri Bivol. In fact, any of these fights that are going on, use our friends at Ticket Smarter because of the tremendous selection that they have on all events. They've got over 100,000 events that they're going to have on their site Uh, For the 2022 calendar year, everything from boxing, obviously, to the NBA playoffs right now, the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, when the NFL cranks up and college football schedules are out, use Ticket Smarter on the secondary market right now to get the best deals on your tickets. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Your purchase is 100% secure. And we're giving you an offer. Take 10 bucks off your order every time you use our promo code BFW22 for Big Fight Weekend. BFW22 is the promo code. $10 off every time you use it with Ticket Smarter on the mobile site on the app or on TicketSmarter.com. Great selection to all of these events. The biggest events, concerts included, anything that's going on with the fights, the playoffs in the NBA, the playoffs in the NHL, all of it, use TicketSmarter. Our promo code is BFW22 for Big Fight Weekend. BFW22, and it's good anytime you use it to take $10 off your order. Do that now. Think smarter, think Ticket Smarter. the mobile app, and our promo code BFW22. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. We are back in one more time here as part of the Big Fight Weekend preview podcast. Another disclaimer and reminder, make sure that you're with us Fridays. Usually this thing is out midday Eastern time uh, here to help preview the weekend. Most of the fights are on Saturday night, so it has a good shelf life to give you a good preview. The insight and the analysis of Dan Rayfield is always appreciated. So again, the preview podcast out on Fridays, his Fight Freaks Unite podcast in the recap mode comes in off the weekend. We love that. And plus there's extra content uh, all the time on this podcast feed from Big Fight Weekend, the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed. So make sure you're following and subscribing. We call Dan back in for more conversation and fight picks here. Again, you're there on scene in Las Vegas. Share this with the audience. You've done it so many times. I'm still envious of all of you that have done this in Las Vegas. I've never done it once. You've done it so many times. But for the audience here, what is it like if this arena, the MGM Grand Garden Arena, is mostly full, roaring, cheering? What is that like for fight fans that have not experienced it in person? Just real quick. I I mean, it's like a drug. It's like you live for it. That's why, I mean, I've been coming here for over 20 years. I've done, I couldn't even, you know, probably 80 fights, maybe more in this building alone, you know, events. And uh, it just, it's great. It's a, it's a, it's a great arena. Um, you know, I love Mandalay Bay also, but if there's something special, there's so many big events that have taken place here, uh, you know, from the biggest names of our era. And when there's a great fight and the fans are into it, there's nothing like it in the world. Um, 
it's a, you know, it's, it, it's a privilege to cover fights here. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, it's, it's uh, some of the biggest fights in the history of our sport have taken place, you know, in the building that I'm sitting in at the moment. And, uh, you know, I, I have covered so many fights and sat ringside, you know, within a few feet of the ring for so many of the biggest fights. I joke with my wife, you know, when I leave to go to come out here to do the fight, say, honey, I'm going to my West Coast office. And I joke around my West Coast office is sitting ringside at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. That is the reason why we've got this man with us as a partner here on Big Fight Weekend. He's there for Oscar Valdez, Shakur Stevenson. All right, I'm going to work my way back to that in a second. We've not yet talked about the undercard that has oh. Keyshawn Davis, the U.S. Olympian, the silver medalist. He's obviously had several pro fights. I know you were around him on Thursday at the press conferences. Any thought on Keyshawn Davis fighting a, uh, a veteran fighter here um, in a little bit of a test in Esteban Sanchez. He's a heavy favorite. Any, any thoughts on seeing him? Listen, the top rank is being very aggressive with the matches, okay? They're matching him up with an 18-1 and one guy who's not in any way a quote-unquote bum. He's a real fighter. He may not be world championship material, but for a kid like Keyshawn, who's only 4-0, oh, uh, you know, it is a step up for him based on what he has faced previously. Um, you know, I know Bob Arum sometimes <laughs> likes to exaggerate. Uh, that's part of his job as a promoter. Uh, and Bob gets emotional and he, he loves the guys he promotes and he wants to see them become big stars and all. Um, but it's, it's, and I've, I've been around and I've heard a lot of Bob comparisons to different fighters, but it's rare when you hear Bob talk about a guy in the same sense as Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, maybe it's undue pressure. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it's him being off the rocker, but you know, <laughs> he talks about Keyshawn Davis as having kind of the similar kind of skills as a Ray Leonard. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's wholly accurate because of the fact that, you know, Ray was the gold medalist. He's a, in a bigger weight and everything. But I will say this, the way that Keyshawn Dave, I mean, first of all, Keyshawn is a fantastic prospect. I think he's one of the best prospects in boxing, really a truly top-notch skill and technician and, and, and has all the tools and, you know, good charisma, speaks well, exciting style, can box, can punch, moves really well. Um, he's such a confident and, 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 uh, and, when he speaks, he doesn't just give you like a one sense. He like gives you like a deep thought. Like he's a real introspective kind of like he can analyze and talk really well about what he thinks and how proud he is to be doing what he's doing and everything. And I just think the kid has everything in the world going for him. He has a real chance to become something special. And, you know, one of the things I've, I've noticed or realized and you think about this as the years go by is, you know, when you have a certain fighter in the main event, they're the star of the show. Then you look at some of the guys in the undercard who may not be in the biggest fights, but you look and there's guys, especially on top rank events, where those are the guys that are going to headline a couple years from now, and they're going to become the big stars. As an example, Oscar Valdez was defending his featherweight title in the main event a few years ago against Miguel Mariaga, who was on the undercard, TJ. It was Shakur Stevenson making his professional debut. So when Oscar De La Hoya was coming up and he was in the, in the uh, you know, on undercards, he was on undercards of like George Foreman fights. He became the superstar. When he was a superstar, you had guys like Floyd Mayweather fighting on his undercards, and Floyd became the superstar. And when Floyd was coming up, you had guys like Miguel Cotto on the undercard. Well, now we're in a, in a fight here where you have Oscar and, and Shakur, who are established uh, championship-level fighters, you know, making their way possibly the, the winner towards the pound-for-pound pound list. And you got a kid like Keyshawn Davis on the undercard. You know, two, three years from now, you may look back and go, wow, Keyshawn Davis was in that card. He's now, you know, on the pound-for-pound pound list himself. So, you know, he's definitely somebody to pay attention to. Um, he's a, he's a great interview and he's a hell of a fighter. And, and I think, I think, uh, a plus 
prospect wise. I, I, I really believe you're looking at a future world champion. Yeah. A lot of potential that's there. I, I'm with you pump the brakes a little bit on sugar Ray Leonard. Got to sure. see a lot more of that. I agree completely with you, but again, it's Bob Arum's job to promote this and he's in the co-feature fight. And just real quick, Nico Ali wash. We may have heard this like you joked last week on the drinking game of 94,000 uh, in attendance at Wembley. We may have heard that that's Muhammad Ali's grandson once or twice from top rank. That's Nico Ali wash. He's on this undercard as well, real quick. So the, the undercard has some intrigue just real quick. Yeah. I mean, and Nico is, uh, you know, look, he's not, Keyshawn had a massive amateur career, Olympic silver medalist, you know, finished in the top, uh, you know, one in the medal in the medals in a variety of international competitions uh, during his amateur career. Uh, Nico is a totally different story. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, and he's a hard worker, and he's the nicest kid in the world. I mean, I've had a chance to meet him and talk to him a few times, both at this uh, this event this morning and all, or on th on Thursday morning before the press conference, and also you know when I, I was able to meet him and spend some time with him uh, last fall when I was out here for the Terrence Crawford Sean Porter fight. He's a very charming, likable young man, um, and he's given it a go. I mean, he understands the pressure. He understands the name, and he's handled it incredibly well because he knows that every single time he does an interview or meets a media person or meets a fan or whatever, that it's Muhammad Ali's grandkid. And he doesn't – he's not offended by, like, that. He wants to make his own name, but he honors his grandfather. He loves his grandfather, and for him – you know, as he says, you know, I don't go around thinking like, oh, my grandfather was the greatest to, to me. He's just my grandfather. So it's a it's a big honor for him. So he takes it in the in the spirit in which it is meant. Um, and I will say this, you know, I don't root for fighters necessarily. I don't like root for outcomes of fights. But if you're going to root for somebody, you want to see a kid like Nico Ali Walsh make it because he's he's a very, very nice young guy. Um, and, uh you know, he's, he's given it a go, you know, and it's, you know, he's under a lot of, out of spotlight to make your pro debut like that as the grand, as the grandson of the greatest, uh, you know, it's hard to do. So I respect what he's doing and, you know, he's never going to be what his grandfather was, but I don't think he thinks he's going to do that either. He just wants to be the best that he can be. Love all of that. Again, he'll fight Alejandro Ibarra uh, on the undercard as well. Top rank ESPN. A couple more minutes with Dan Rayfield. Dan's got to get out of here. We do two for the preview for this weekend on Big Fight Weekend and the podcast uh, preview here. Uh, all right, let's get into the main event here and how you think this will ultimately go. By the way, for our friends at BetUS that help sponsor the show, Valdez. Interesting that Oscar Valdez is a plus 550 here. Shakur Stevenson is a minus 900. I thought those odds uh, a little a little high maybe for Shakur Stevenson at uh, 9 to 1, minus 900. Uh, over under 10 and a half rounds, Dan Rayfield. Does any of that surprise you just real quick when we analyze this fight? Uh, I think maybe Shakur is perhaps uh, favored me a little bit too much. You know, the over under I have a hard time with because I don't think a lot of people that if they're picking Shakur to win and he's the favorite, I don't think most people think he does it by a stoppage. I think they, you know, he does it because he outboxes Oscar and, 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 and takes a decision but that if it's going to be under 10, you know, a knockout is that it would, that would lend itself towards a pick against Oscar, Oscar Valdez. So the, the odds and then what the old runner are to me are sort of all over the place. Um, but I think the odds are right from the standpoint that the right guy is favored for a numerous amount of reasons, uh, not the least of which an Oscar Valdez acknowledged, uh, in, a, in the media call that I mentioned to you earlier is that, you know, he said, you're only as good as your last fight. And in his last fight, even though he had beaten Burchelt in the first part of the year, he looked pretty terrible in the last fight. Meanwhile, last fall, Shakur Stevenson looked as great as he's ever looked in his career when he just completely shredded Jamel Herring to take the title that he now holds. So um, 
you know, Shakur is, is the younger guy. Shakur is the faster guy. His defensive statistics are phenomenal. He's one of the best defensive boxers in the sport, if you measure that by uh, how much a guy gets hit compared to what he, what he dishes out. So defensively, he's brilliant. Um, you know, skill-wise, you know, he's, he's in the upper level. Um, he is a left-handed fighter, southpaw, which is troublesome for a lot of guys. Um, and he just really knows what he's doing in there. He, you know, when people say, who do you like in the fight? All I think about is the many times I heard Floyd Mayweather say to me into my ear to say to, you know, press conferences, any number of places, skills pay the bills. And uh, at the end, you know, Oscar is a good boxer. He, he prefers to brawl, but, he, but, he, but he's capable of boxing also. But even Oscar boxing at his best, he's not the level of a boxer as Shakur Stevenson is. And he's prepared because he's talked about it so much going into the fight that he feels like that Shakur is going to just try to, you know, be very technical and, and, and basically not run, but, you know, do the boxing mode instead of the fighting mode. And whereas Oscar often does that fighting mode because he wants to give the fans a great fight and because he has that Mexican mindset and his heroes are people like Eric Morales and Juan Manuel Marquez and Marco Antonio Brera, Mexicans and Chavez who come to fight. Um, in the end, though, look, I'm a guy that picked Valdez over Burchell. That was the upset, but I thought I'd definitely pick Valdez uh, and I picked him by a knockout. In this particular case, uh, as much as I love Valdez and I like Stevenson also, but as much as I love Valdez, I got to take Shakur on points in this one. I think so, too. I think it's Stevenson's night. We'll see if Valdez can change anything about that. That's why it is what it is. Final moment here. Again, uh, Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor lock up for the Undisputed Ladies Championship. We cannot overstate this just one more time. Th this is a massive fight for ladies boxing. It's the most lucrative fight for ladies boxing. It's on the biggest stage that you can practically get at the famed Madison Square Garden main arena. Dan, what do you think ultimately happens uh, in that one with Serrano being a slight minus 150 favorite, one and a half uh, to one, Katie Taylor plus 120. It's evenly laid out by the odds makers, the 10 round main event there. What do you think happens in this one, the matchroom main event in New York? Well, I know that at the news conference that they had on Thursday, Eddie Hearn and, and Jake Paul, Eddie, of course, the promoter for Katie Taylor and Jake Paul, the promoter for Amanda Serrano, they wagered a million dollars on the outcome that Jake took Amanda for, uh, you know, to win the fight. And obviously Eddie's back and Katie, his, uh, his boxer. And, uh, and when it was done and, and Jake reminded Eddie about the bet, he says, and when I, when Kate, when Amanda wins, I'm going to take your $1 million. And I'm going to give it to Amanda. And she freaked out because she's already getting her biggest payday ever. <laughs> seven first. And now she thinks there's a good chance if she wins, she can, you know, maybe close to double that by getting another million dollars. Um, Look, Katie Taylor has been a, 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 um, a terrific fighter, exciting fighter. She's been in a lot of big women's championship fights. She's made many defenses of her title uh, and, and also as the undisputed champion. I've also seen her in fights where I thought she lost against Delphine Persoon in particular when she fought in the co-feature at Madison Square Garden at a fight I was at when Anthony Joshua was upset by Andy Ruiz Jr. in the main event. Um, there's been other fights where she has looked a little bit ragged. I've never seen Amanda Serrano look bad in a fight. Um, Amanda, again, I go back to the skills pay the bills. Um, she's a supreme boxer, but she also has really outstanding punching power for, uh, for that weight class. And as a, you know, a lot of the women don't have the big punching power, but she can definitely punch. She has won titles in seven different weight classes. So even though she's currently a reigning featherweight champion and going up to lightweight, she's already won a title of lightweight too. She's won titles in seven different weight classes. So she's boxed all over the map. Um, I, I think that, that Katie is outstanding, but I think Serrano is, 
a pound for pound. And I just think that she ends up winning. And I actually don't even think it's gonna be that tough, to be honest with you. I think I think Serrano uh, definitely gets the job done. And I would definitely bet on her. You and I are in agreement on that. I got to see Serrano. This is one of the few times I can say this to Dan Rayfield. I was there at the Amelie Arena in downtown Tampa. She was very impressive against Miriam Gutierrez in her last fight on the Jake Paul pay-per-view undercard. And Gutierrez, a heavier fighter, where Serrano had to move up in weight. And Gutierrez even rehydrated and was like 20 pounds heavier, literally like 15, 20 pounds heavier. And still Serrano was able to handle that fight fairly easily let's see though it's boxing you don't know one punch can change it we will find out that's the ladies title fight across the country at madison square garden from where dan is dan is in vegas for shakur stevenson oscar valdez listen you've given me a lot of time i know you and i are both groggy trying to get the podcast done and get the podcast out uh i look forward to all your coverage on the website i look forward to us recapping whatever happens stevenson and Valdez and the ladies title fight at the garden between Serrano and Katie Taylor on the fight freaks unite recap podcast. When this is all over, that'll come after all this is done for now though. I think we are good. Anything else in closing there is you're back in Vegas, back to the buffet lines, back to all those, all the circus of the strip. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty low key when I'm out here, but I'll just say one other thing. The good thing for boxing fans this weekend is because I'm sure that people are going to want to watch both fights is that the Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor fight, they're supposed to walk to the ring around 10.30 Eastern time. The ESPN card doesn't come on until about till 10 o'clock Eastern time after the draft. So there's enough time where the, the – and keep in mind, of course, the women's fight is two-minute rounds. So even if it goes a distance, still a little bit shorter than a men's fight. So the, the, the uh, Taylor and Serrano fight should be concluded before Oscar and Shakur walk to the ring. So – you can get the double header by watching it. You know, if you may miss some undercard action, but if you're just mainly interested in the main event anyway, there should be no problem to watch both of them live on Saturday. And that's a, that's a good thing in terms of the way that things were scheduled. I don't know if they did it on purpose like that, but, you know, hopefully uh, it just it, it worked out uh, serendipity or if it was planned. But that's a good thing where it's, it's, it's always sucks when the two big shows are on at the opposite, uh, you know, on the same night. But at least the, the main events are conflicting. You know, I felt bad because here you got these two outstanding fights. Uh, you, you can only be in one place at one time. So I'm here, not there. But if this fight in, between Valdez and Shakur was not this weekend, I'd have gone to New York for the uh, for the women's fight. But that's life. And, uh, you know, I'm here in Vegas for a great fight. But I'm looking forward to being at my ringside seat with my uh, computer open on the zone, watching the main event also uh, on, on their show. That's it's well put there on the promo. And again, the ladies deserve it. This is trailblazing stuff. They are the feature fight in what should be a sold out Madison Square Garden with each of them making seven figures. So that should be something else. Dan will be reading you all weekend, whatever happens uh, from everything from Vegas for Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. You and I agree. We think it's Stevenson, but again, it's boxing. Anything can change with one punch. We'll see great stuff on the preview as always. We'll also hear from you on the fight freaks unite podcast uh, in the recap mode after it's over. Do well, be well in Vegas. I know the Canelo Bevo week is next week. We're, we're loading up with everything with Dan here on this. Thank you for the time as always on the podcast here. You got it. You got it, man. I'm looking forward to uh, the weekend and looking forward to next week also. And there goes Dan Rayfield. Again, we appreciate all the insight that he has being on scene in Las Vegas. He is there covering it all weekend for the website for BigFightWeekend.com. You can read more as well through Dan's Substack and Fight Freaks Unite. 
Uh, we again look forward to Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez in the Saturday night top-ranked boxing ESPN main event. Simultaneous all the way across the continent, Madison Square Garden. Not too much hyperbole to say. Biggest, most impactful ladies fight to date. Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, both fighters making a record seven-figure payday each. Undisputed lightweight uh, World Championship on the line. We'll be monitoring that. Write about it in the preview mode on Big Fight Weekend all weekend. Recap mode as well. And we'll be coming back with a Fight Freaks Unite recap podcast as well on this podcast feed. We're glad that you found us on the Big Fight Weekend preview and on the podcast feed. Just stay with this same feed. You'll get the great content from Dan and his Fight Freaks Unite as well here on the podcast feed. We're coming back in the recap mode to recap what happens here. For now, we're done. Let's see what happens with the top-ranked card in Vegas for 130-pound unified supremacy. Let's see what happens in the undisputed ladies' uh, lightweight world title fight at Madison Square Garden. MSG should be electric for that fight as well, and probably a pro-Serrano crowd, too, being Puerto Rican and from the New York area. Should have a lot of fans there to cheer her on. Is it going to be her crowning achievement, her biggest night? We will find out uh, about that. And you've got the million-dollar bet going on with Jake Paul and Eddie Hearn at the end of all of this with whoever wins. Let's see how it all plays out. There'll be a lot of publicity. In any event, I am merely TJ Reeves for Dan Rayfield. Thank you for being with us on the Big Fight Weekend preview. Read the site, bigfightweekend.com. Fight Freaks Unite recap podcast coming off the weekend as well right here as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed. Bye.